and welcome to the After the Whistle podcast. I'm your host KO and I'm joined this week with Smiley and Crack as we discuss what happened in the Champions League quarterfinal first leg, as well as Jesse Lingard's upturn in form. And for the main topic today, we discuss Aguero's legacy and who City would pursue to replace him in the summer. Now, if you haven't already, follow and interact with our Twitter account at ACWPodcastGCR and catch all our episodes on listentogcr.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Please enjoy the episode. You were... So you never ever go invite we come. Bro, bro, you this Sunday said you go see there. Huh. Abi, Kinky to who make I invite? Make I invite you to come chop Kinky. Ah, but you the Kinky chop. See the things today, the Kinky body. See the fish. I just say you said the fishes wave wash ashore for sea self crab. Go pick some. Kinky leg leg. And we're back, and we're back, and we're back. Episode four of the After the Whistle podcast of season five. Uh, little little banter going on. Uh, I'm joining the studio today with only Crack and Smiley on a Sunday, no less. Charlie, then before watching our classical, didn't disappoint, didn't disappoint at all. But yeah, before we get to things, how are you guys? Bro, we are good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm changing the step from my back here, but Charlie, I'm managing. Why are you like that? Uh, luckily, be like that. today, I should say the pastor gets all truth for my own in back. So, I don't understand. Like, so, the people that they disturb me, they don't know be the demons. If me, I didn't mind my business from my house. Like, me, I mean, they, they, they are praising, they are praising. I didn't mind your business. If you didn't mind your business, I like, mind my business. They are causing noise pollution. They are causing noise pollution. That's what they're doing. They're noise pollution. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. I'll, I'll cut this shit out. I'll, I'll cut this shit out. Uh, yeah, big, 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 big week in European football, as well as uh, look at hey, Charlie. <laughs> uh, big week in European football uh, with big results coming from the park. The, no, wait, they played away first, right? Um, yeah, at um, Allianz Arena. Yeah, getting three very, very, very crucial away goals. Chelsea holding up against Porto. Uh, Madrid setting up a strong uh, away tie, as well as uh, Man City holding on to a narrow lead going into the second leg of the Champions League. Now, with the, all these four games played, I, I think the most exciting one, which we'll have to talk about, is uh, Bayern PSG. But with Tuchel, with Tuchel, with Tuchel's team responding very strongly on a strong European showing uh, against that disastrous match against West Brom, you know, uh, what what do you guys think their chances are? You know, heading into the semi-finals, if they are, they, if they can even go past whoever, because I think they'll meet either Dortmund or Man City. Nah, they're meeting Madrid or Liverpool. I don't mean Madrid or Liverpool. Okay. So yeah, if if they if they can if they can even go past even if they can go past any any one of those two teams. See, Chelsea's last stop is the semi-final when they go and face Madrid. That's the last stop for them. They are not getting past Madrid. Zidane always finds a way in the Champions League. Zidane is a different type of beast in the Champions League, even though. In the league too, he he also proves himself quite well. In the Champions League, they actually, besides last season, that was more or less um, a readjustment period for him after he returned. This season, even despite the number of injuries they've had, and on even on that Liverpool, they've been complaining the whole season. Van Dijk and Joe Gomez and all all those people. See the kind of injuries uh, Madrid have had to deal with. They've had to deal with Ramos out, Varane out, Cavajal out, and they are still doing the job. Hazard, Hazard, yeah, you don't even count him as a Madrid player anymore because Charlie, he's hardly ever there. So Charlie, some people choose to 
whine and whine and make excuses about their injuries and everything but others they just get the job done and that's exactly how madrid will get the job done if they face chelsea in fact when they face chelsea because at this point is for me it's settled because porto isn't coming back against chelsea so that one is done the madrid title is more or less done for me i don't see liverpool scoring winning by two goals without Madrid scoring even one. So that's done for me. With the way Benzema is on form. Chelly Benzema. Benzema. I, I even Chelly I, I I feel sorry for him in the sense that I feel like his legacy, his football legacy would have been very different if he hadn't played with Ronaldo. Because anybody would have had to take a back seat to Ronaldo. In the team so Charlie imagine if all his career he had been playing for a team where he was the main man his whole legacy would have been different but but I think with 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 that safe Alaji held his own even with Ronaldo he said it would be Alaji <laughs> oh yeah Alaji Karim Alaji Karim Benzema Benzema <laughs> the star boy nobody most fashionista <laughs> the swaggers of the swaggers that one dear but he held his own. I think um, it's mostly overlooked because Ronaldo sometimes will come through the middle. Benzema has to drop to the wings, like just like Rooney with Ronaldo at United at a point. But then even with that, we, Benzema was contributing 20 goals or even as much as 25 and all in a season. People really got to notice it the, the first year Ronaldo left. And the, and the, and the scoring was mostly... On, on Benzema and even he had a 27 goal or 25 goals a season that wasn't even his best he has done that before but people took notice of it but as you said it's true had he been a focal point of a big team's attack like maybe coming to United as we wanted him and he didn't come it would, his career might have Bro. gone differently I, I agree with you um, saying that he he's able to stand on his own because He's still a very dependable striker. If you were to pit him against the top strikers of his uh, year group, which would be Lewandowski and um, or I'm even going too too far back. Like you know, you, um, Kane. Sorry, uh, Kane, 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 Kane is fairly recent, but then yeah. No, why is his year group? Yeah, Suarez, Lewandowski, yeah. Yeah, Cause, like he still, he still, he still uh, matches up against them, and you would still very, call him a very dependable striker. Obviously, the role which he plays, and if he was to uh, featured in that World Cup France team, there yeah, he would have been dead. Yes, boy, would have shown. That's another factor. You know, so um, now that he is the main man, like he can flourish. It's just that it's, it might be too little, too late. You know, but then you have exciting talents around him in uh, Vinicius, uh, Lucas Vasquez, uh, even Asensio, who would all be feeding him. Rodrigo, who would all be feeding him, and he'd be able to uh, have a, like his twi- like the end of his career would also seem very glorious in that in that, in that aspect. But yeah, Madrid uh, seemed well poised to make it to the final at least. Whether they are going, uh, whether they are going to meet City, PSG, or Bayern, you know, it's it's going to be a very very entertaining match all the same because you have pedigree there, and then you have either the reigning champions who are defending the cup, and two teams who really 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 want it. Like you have but countries City. backing them. City, Charlie, they've, they've left a window open. <laughs> It's not, it's, no. not set, it's not settled at all. No, no, no. You, you see, oh, Dortmund. You see, oh, they've qualified. They, they, you uh, see, exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Dortmund would, because they all, see, you they have to are inexperienced that. in that regard. Uh huh. You have to remember that City, all the teams that have knocked Pep out of the Champions League, they've been teams that they should have beaten easily. They should have knocked them out easily. Last season, Lyon, Pep went and played three back against them for what reason? Monaco. Monaco. They also knocked them out in his first season. Even Spurs. Even Spurs is a team that Pep should be beating. So I don't know how they always keep leaving a window of opportunity for the teams in this uh, after the first leg. And it gives them a chance to snatch a fluke um, 
win. Because Charlie, a two-one win going into the second leg away, anything could happen. And considering the number of players that Dortmund had missed, they had Sancho out. And even the starting lineup, they had so many inexperienced players in the starting lineup. It was it, from it's very disappointing that they only won two one, and it but, leaves a very very huge opportunity. But you see, um, with City, and you will get we'll get we'll get onto this later on in the pod. With City resting an entire like almost ninety percent of their regular squad to be able to play Leeds and then lose. You know, it, it won't it won't it won't create a nice feeling in the dressing room heading into a much anticipated clash. And also, you know, you have this thing also there. But then Dortmund, I don't think Dortmund is some way. It's really some way. You see, with with City, as Somali we normally talk about the past, like the time Monaco beat City, City were the favorites, but Monaco was a very good side. When they even lost to Lyon last season, that one was a shocker. People don't want to associate naivety with Pep. But Pep has shown to be naive when it comes to the knockout stages. Ever since he left Barcelona, even with Bayern Munich and even at City, he has shown that side. I don't know why he tries to tweak things too much. Or they will say they have this excuse, they use that he overthinks. No, <laughs> no other coach gets that excuse. But only him, they associate overthinking with him. Why is it that he's a genius, as people call him? And he will not just do what he's good at. Why are you always trying to do something differently and giving your opponent's advantage? Changing formation. We know he's, he's very fluent with his formation and everything. But he seems to always do it at the wrong time when it comes to the Champions League. But then again, this Dortmund team are full of inexperienced players. Even Emre Can, who is one of the experienced players there, and Hamels, Seth, are just two. And, and the rest of them are still inexperienced. And they are on a bad streak of form after losing Sancho, even in the league. You can see it. Even that, that City game, City also had opportunity to kill them, but they didn't. You understand? It will be a good game, but City has qualified. They are not going to sleep up. I don't see them sleeping up. Because last podcast, I told you people that I see City as the favorite to win it. Unless Bayern Munich picks up the form again. But I see City as the strongest team left right now. So I, ju- I just believe now nah, they are too strong for Dortmund. Dortmund can't, Dortmund can't run them out. Okay. All right. So uh, this this side news from Europe as well. Uh, so a referee was suspended for asking for Haaland's photograph. I'm some way or some or not be some way. Because I see where they are coming from. IFAB. I don't think it's anything IFAB or. Nah, mm-hmm. it be it will not be anything. Cause me this thing, if he had taken the autograph before or half time, that would have been different. But apparently, it took it after the game, and it was for a, a noble cause. You understand? What if camera didn't have seen it? I don't see anything like there was this match where Ghana Brazil, two thousand and six World Cup. After Brazil beating us, the referee took Ronaldo's jersey. Why was it suspended? People were making conspiracy saying because of that he cheated and all of that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah, I don't know why UEFA... I think UEFA only reacted because it was picking up steam. And right now, we live in this day and age where social media and everything, when people are outraged, they, they have to get a knee-jerk reaction. I don't see anything in the rule. I was googling last time to see whether it is wrong for um, 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 a referee to... Maybe interact with the player after a match or take his jersey on it. I didn't see anything like that. Maybe I didn't get time to really go deeper, but the few minutes I used, I didn't see anything like that. It was just a knee-jerk reaction from UEFA because people were reacting to it. It was after the match for crying out loud. He didn't. It's not as if he took a penalty for Haaland during the match or he was favoring them. I mean, like, and, and this on. this was even the main ref. This was an assistant referee. Yeah, you get <laughs> it. And like, I, it was just man, football, man. So, I mean, I see where they're coming from. Because, Charlie, it's a slippery slope. If it becomes... A, you have to look at the uh, worst-case scenario. Like, if it becomes an, a regular thing, a regular thing that happens in every match or something, it, it, it doesn't create a good look because people expect the referees to be the figure of neutrality on the pitch. So, if 
you know that the referee feels like is a fan of a particular player or he has like a, a soft spot for certain players on a certain team. People will start bring, making all sorts of conspiracies and turn into a whole different thing because now if the referee gives you a penalty, even not in this match, but next time if um, a different match like next season or something comes up, the same assistant referee is there he gives a favorable a favorable decision to Haaland or something. Then they look back to this particular one and they see it's like, yeah, it's because he likes Haaland or something. So it's it's a difficult sport for UEFA to be in back and see why they took even though the suspension was harsh, maybe they could have given him a warning or something. But I can see why they decided to act on it. Alright. Well, uh, we move on to what's happening in the Premier League. We are recording on a Sunday, so we're able to view uh, yesterday's round of games with uh, Fulham making it very difficult for themselves to stay in the Premier League, losing to Wolves, uh, one goal to nil. The shock results that we discussed earlier, Leeds beating Man City 2-1 with a man down. And then Liverpool struggling. And Aston Villa as well, because if you, if you watch the game, like, no one really wanted to win. And it just really took a moment of brilliance for anybody to get a goal in this game. But Liverpool coming out on top late in the game, 2-1. And Chelsea having a revival of form, beating Palace 4-1, with Havertz being integral to that victory. Did any of you catch any of the games yesterday? Yeah, the Chelsea game, the Liverpool game, and the... City game. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea are picking up form at the right time because the top four, I think the top four, the race for t- uh, fourth place might be the most interesting part of this season. Because Chelsea, is, it, is that foregone conclusion first and second? Oh yeah, first and second. Like, Charlie, City, oh, City did that one, we, we don't even discuss them. United, it's not like United are super, super in form but yeah yeah but the thing is that the things below aren't breaking down walls so i think they should, the gap right and i think the gap right now between united and fifth place is about nine points i think or something well we've even played so we're left to play out of the our content we're left to play leicester um west ham to play leicester the i think the the fourth place battle and west ham too are not Dropping off as people expected, they are, they just keep going on and on. Actually, Moyes has done it before with Everton. He's taken them to fourth place before. So actually, it's it's, it's very interesting to see how to play out. Well, wow. I don't think Liverpool make top four. I already said that before, and I'm saying it again. I don't think Liverpool make top four. Now, with you speaking on West Ham, should we? credit Moyes with Lingard's revival or should we just look at the player and say that he managed to pick himself up was uh, working hard was just waiting for his opportunity and is right now reaping the benefits of you know the mental exercise which he kept on uh, playing with himself because it, it, it could be seen that you know last year he was having a pretty tough time uh, coming out of lockdown I think there were some personal issues and then also, you know, when he was coming on the pitch, you know, social just couldn't afford to give him those chances anymore. And with um, a plethora of midfielders up ahead of him, even with Van der Beek, who isn't getting any game time, I think he had to look at his options and see that, okay, fine, he needs to be able to play. And managed to get a move to West Ham, flourished, and is flying, you know, under Moyes. So, question, like, is it, do you think it's the player himself or the coach who's been able to get the best out of him? So, um, I, for me, it happened too instantly for, for me to credit the coach. Charlie, he just hits the ground running. For me, if he hits the ground running instantly, it, it's hard to credit the coach. It's just that, the, if anything, you can see the coach puts him in... They put in the right position for him to flourish, but besides that, it's all him, and he's also flourishing for a reason that wouldn't have been able to happen at United because at West Ham, they don't have teams parking the bus against them. 
he's able to have more space to run into. They play more in transitions. So it's easier for him to make use of that part of him, which is probably his best quality, running Running into space and having a lot lot of space playing on the counter all the time and that kind of thing. So, and even at United, even in the games that um, they had spaces, they had teams playing higher up the pitch and he had more space to uh, run into. He was doing well. So it's just that it's happening more often at West Ham. So, He's just in a team that is able to give him opportunities to make the best uh, use of his abilities. So it's, it's, it's the perfect situation for him. It's, it's not something that I'll give too much credit to the manager. I think if he was at any other team that faced the same situations, it would probably be the same outcome. But you see, to hit the ground running too, sometimes it depends on the team, their form, the chemistry, you understand? And he went into a perfect situation. David Moyes wanted him, believed in him and got him. West Ham is a team that is on a half hill. They've really, really been playing well this season. So Lingard going there, being trusted, and as you said, he does well against teams that sit deep and breaks well on the counter. When Ole came and people still didn't know Ole style and United style, even right from Mourinho's time, most of his goals were all running into space and all of that, coming on the ball lift, scoring and, and all. And even when Ole came, we were focused more on the counter attack. So it really helped him. But when we started picking form and doing well, and team realized that mm, this is still United. We still need to take care of them. And they started sitting deep. You realize that Lingard isn't that playmaker that can create chances for other people to score. He either finishes it or either runs it to space and performs well. But then, it's two, two factors in play here. The trust from the coach and the perfect situation for him. And also, there's less pressure. At United, even if you are performing and you drop one bad performance, people on social media or everywhere will come at you. But... At West Ham, there's less pressure and attention there. So even if he had a bad game, the next game he picks up, it will make noise. It will make news. Even if he has a bad game, people are not going to criticize him because he's a very good player. That is, his level is above West Ham. You understand? All the players over there, his level is above all of them. So I think... You know who now has boss. Pardon? Yeah, you there. <laughs> You see the way they pay You see the way pay You see the way pay If you see the way pay they pay shine for West Ham, shine for Marseille. That same pay go and put him in the Liverpool team, he will get his moments. That's how sometimes it is. That's how sometimes it is. Lingard has really found his level, as Miley said, but he's still above that level. I exist to to say, hey, the, the artist with a capital A and designer with a capital D can be different, but they can also operate in a different way. So my practice since the very beginning is open source. It's educational while it exists. You know, I give out the codes. I do these sort of talks. It's a mentorship by existing. Not, Ooh, what a beautiful phrase. Mentorship by existing. It's beautiful. It's true. The Ethical Fashion Initiative Podcast. Series 2 is here. Catch the premiere episode featuring Virgil Abloh speaking on the value of social media and democratizing fashion. The link to the episode will be in the episode show notes. Now now we'll move on to the main segment. This is going to be twofold because uh, basically we're going to be talking about strikers. Uh, I don't think we were able to cover the last time we spoke uh, news that came out about uh, City saying that they wouldn't renew Aguero's contract as you'd be leaving at the end of the season. Obviously, this is a United podcast, so everyone has their own memory, uh, feeling, and thoughts about the man who denied us. Uh, I think that was Titan about what, 10 or 11? 11. 11. Yeah, we lost on the final day. Everyone. There's absolutely no one who watches football who won't remember where they were when <laughs> that, that day at QPR. 
But um, credit to Aguero, who has uh, Aguero, who who has uh, done things above and beyond for a club like City, put them on the map world football, given them, I think, four titles, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, four. Pep won two, Mancini won one, and this guy won one. one. Uh, Pellegrini. But yeah, you, we we go have we go have discussion on Aguero thoughts, and then two, who who would replace him? Because that also lead on to another conversation with City looking for a striker and either Haaland or Kane, who has now or news will be coming now saying that he wants to leave at the end of the season if Tottenham don't make top four. So it's like a three part conversation where we credit Aguero. For what he has done for City, we look onto who is who will be able to replace him, and either a hot young talent or an established Premier League centre forward who would cost who would both cost quite a fortune. But then you know, City is City. So I may crap you. I'll, I'll start with you first as to how you rate Aguero. Who would be able to replace him, and you know that conversation as to whether that type of player would fit into what Pep is looking for. Because you know, I feel like Pep, Pep has struggled with established center forwards. Like he needs that profile, that profile of player as a striker has to be able to do more things than just be in the box and smash the ball into the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll keep it 100. Talking about rating Aguero, to me, Aguero is the second best striker that I've ever seen after after theory in the league in the league. Okay. in the league like i know people talk about city being big spenders and always buying players and everything but look the number of goals this guy scored and has scored and the performances he gives in big matches with sometimes individual brilliance and all of that it can never it can never be overshadowed with City's money. Aguero is going to get a statue alongside company and David Silva. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate form of respect you can give to someone. Like Aguero in the league. Chale, anytime we met City, he was the player, he and David Silva, they were the players that I always feared. Because Aguero could create a chance and score out of nothing. He could get a chance off the shoulder in between he was going to score the gear. He was going to score Van der Sar. He was a, he was he was a menace. Sorry, I said Van der Sar, the gear. It was a menace. The guy the guy always tormented us in derby matches. That's how good it was. And there were stats that were saying that he's a player that scored more goals against the big 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 six more than any other player in Premier League history, which is well deserved. And and he has scored more goals in less number of games than anybody else too. But then I I I I think Pep has always been looking for for this opportunity to move on from Aguero, because aside him being one of his best strikers, he always used to complain about your man's desire in training and attention to details and all of that. Aguero always believed in his in his talent and his capabilities, but I think taking on information from Pep and some some of his attitude, you know, this South American, some of them has always been an issue, and right now age. And these injuries are a lot. Mm. That's for the first part. And the second part, who can afford Arikid? Like, let's be real. The guy has like four years or so or three years left on his contract. How do you sign like six years with all that money with no buyout clause? Tottenham are not going to sell Arikid right now. And even if they will sell him, our city and other teams are complaining about transfer fees. I, I don't know who in the league can afford Aguero unless they have to sell big. Trust me, like, cause he, I said Aguero, um, Hurricane, cause he's going to cost almost 200 million. Like, he's not going anything below 150 million euros. Uh, I'm telling you, like, cause if Haaland, Haaland and Co, they are looking for 180 million for Haaland, how much will Aguero go for? I said Aguero, uh, once again, uh, how much will Hurricane go for? And, but I think, Another thing is that Pep might be looking at Messi. 
that might be looking at Messi's situation with Barcelona already because last week or two weeks ago when he was interviewed about transfers he was like he doesn't see himself um, going out for an attack when they when Agoro's news came out said he has enough and all of that I know sometimes they say these things and they still go out to buy but I don't know City might be capable of spending but I don't know whether they will go all out for Hurricane maybe if a team could go for Hurricane I don't I don't see even United being able to afford Hurricane at this point because it will be too much unless a year after or two because that that contract is signed there I, I don't know and also City this season are going to win the league without a proven striker. Hmm. You understand? So Pep is still using that, even though it might not be enough next season. But and Jesus too has been out of the team where he has played Sterling as a striker, he has played Foden, he has played Gundogan there as a false nine and all of that. And it has worked for him. So uh, I don't I don't know about that. I just want to ask something. Do you not think that King can force the transfer? You remember all the all the all the Spurs star players who have tried to leave. They've all tried to force a transfer, but Charlie Daniel Levy, you can force, but he 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 won't budge on his valuation. That's what he did to Bill. That's what he did to Modric. They in the end, the amounts they are asking for is the amount they'll take. So as for wanting to go there, you can want to go, but getting to go is a different matter altogether. And it's all King's fault because Charlie, I don't understand how. You're a world-class world class player, and you stay at a team like Spurs till you're 28. I, I don't know what you were thinking was going to happen. Now you're 28, you're going to start looking for trophies. He thought what they were going to just immediately start winning leagues and champions leagues and what. I don't know what was going on in his head. And I think I don't even get why, even if you're staying at a player at a team like Spurs, the least you can do if you're signing those long-term contracts is to put. Yeah. Ask for a, a buyout clause, so that it gives you, it gives you an escape because anything could happen. A new coach could come in and just say that uh, he's going in a different direction. He doesn't like your style. He doesn't like so. The players too have to look out for themselves. Even if you, you are you are loyal and everything, you can be loyal and still have the buyout clause. Yes. So, actually, it's going to be hard because City, City, they are a team that. They spend big, but they don't spend on one player. And that's one of the false illusions that they like to keep to give people the idea that they don't spend that much. Because they would have City would have a transfer budget of 200 million. United would have a transfer budget of 200 million. City would use their 200 million to buy four players worth 50 million each. United would buy two players, 100 million, 100 million. Then it would look like, yeah, United... People come into press conferences and talk about how... Um, we don't have the money to sign players like Maguire. We don't have the money to sign players like this. We don't have... Meanwhile, you bought Nathan Ake for 40 million. You bought uh, Diaz, uh, Diaz for 40, 40 million. million. Isn't it the same 80 million you spent that you could have spent on Maguire? It was more. Like 60 million it was probably more than 40 million. I'm even dashing them some. So City, that's the thing about them. They don't tend to spend that much on individual players, but when you add up all the money they spend, it crosses beyond whatever huge sums are being quoted elsewhere. So, yeah, that's why I said it is really going to be hard seeing City yeah. cough up one fifty million for Hurricane. Mm. Like, and, no, and Daniel Levy would probably have been more open to selling to a team outside England because he generally, he doesn't like to sell to his rivals. He wants to sell outside England. But if you look out outside England too, which of the team, I don't know any team that has the money that's looking for him. Every team that has the money that would be able to sign Harry Kane is looking at Haaland. Barca is looking at Haaland. Real Madrid, I don't even know if they are looking at Haaland as much as the media is making it out. No, I think it's Mbappe. Benzema is still fine. All of them. Yeah, they're looking at Mbappe, yeah. So I don't think they'll be too keen on a on an out and out striker. Um UV, I don't know what's going on with them. but I don't think they have the money either. The Syria clubs there, they unless you can give them some negotiation, some package that spreads the fee across some ten years or something, they'll be chisel pass. So actually his options are very limited. If you think about it, it's probably just United. And if City decide to change their policy, 
those are the two teams, the two realistic and options I, I see for him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Chelsea, hey, Chelsea, yeah. And you, Chelsea too could because they they still have a lot of money in the bank because of how how the amount of good. And they still want the striker, this new coach. Yeah, yeah, they've done a lot of good business in recent times. How Real Madrid came to dash them 140 million for Hazard, who had one year left on his contract. Only they knew how they did that one. So Chelsea United City, it's not going to be easy for him to get out. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up staying, even if he wants but, to leave. Smiley, to add up what he said about about teams teams looking at Haaland. Mm. I'm always in, in adding up to what he said about teams looking at Haaland. He's also a young guy with an upside. You understand? Mm. Harry Kane is a player approaching his late 30s with so many injuries, especially that ankle injury. People keep teams that are going to go for him will always be looking at that. Because Tottenham, to me, has mismanaged that thing a lot by always rushing him back from injury for him to come and play. Then he goes to for another long time. It's, it's almost it's almost assured that when the season begins, you know the month Hurricane is going to be out. <laughs> it has been a trend for the past three years. You know that this period, yes, he's going to be out. Then he'll come back, come and bang. Then you have niggles here and there. Then you'll be playing half fit. Like, the number of times these guys play through injury and come back, a team might take a chance for him and it might not be the same again. But then he's still one of the very, very best strikers in the world. But as you said, that contract issue, Charlie, he, he actually thought he was going to be the one to bring... Yeah, yeah, I think, I think he was so... To he was so dreams. Of football he was so again And be... be <laughs> yeah, be... No, Tottenham actually... Tottenham also believed in him. It gave him a chance. That's when others didn't, especially Pochettino. When he was bringing... Pochettino was bringing him in the... Europa matches and benching at Bayo and all people were complaining, but he believed in him. You understand? So yeah, it so wasn't right now it's, really. It has to be a business decision. So he felt as if like Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but right now we don't know how this business is going to go with that mafia head. Yeah, so that's what I was, uh, that's what I was about to make. Everyone understands that in this COVID era, that you know you are not making that much money. If I have the money to be able to give you something which I want so that you can also... Because Spurs is also in debt. They've committed so much into this stadium. And, you know, Living might be able to take that 80 to 100 million for Kane. Maybe. Because I think if, it would be different if they, they, they were making money from the NFL stadium. They were making money from match day sales. They were making money from... Like, there's not that much money moving around. So he might really have to assess teams which will come in for him and say that we have this money to be able to give you so that you can also offset. Like, play, see, see what Dortmund is talking about right now. <laughs> they were doing Tobey Tobey <laughs> with the whole Sancho team. Right now, they, their losses be crazy. <laughs> so it, could, it won't be a fire sale of players which will uh, end up happening this summer. But then they could end up losing top talent. Sancho could leave uh, they could have some centre back be I forget his name, who who could leave. Uh, Haaland too could also leave, and it's not like they're also going to Bayern because Bayern too mm-hmm. don't not get that block to go and pick it. Bayern have invested heavily in youth. We we are not even aware, but then they have like a myriad of uh, young players coming in through the team, and Flick might or might not be there too because he too he's a bit uh, off in the way that he will play. Then they concede pass anything. They have to be looking for goalkeeper mm-hmm. and defenders. They might not have time to look for attackers. So, this I feel like this is the summer which teams are poised, like teams who need certain players are poised to get them. Especially if they have the mind to back. And it seems like it's only the two Manchester clubs which have the mind to play around. Chelsea could as well, but they've invested so much this past summer that it's really just about tweaking now and giving time, uh, giving time to players to adapt. Wow. As for the Dortmund Haaland Sancho situation, it in the first place it doesn't even make sense to me. I think if I had my own way, if I could influence anything, I'll just tell the teams that they should just make a gentleman's agreement that everybody should lay off Haaland for this summer. Next summer, when his uh, release clause kicks in at eighty million. Then we can all just go and that one is survivor of the fittest. Who has the most money to give him? Who can entice him the most? Because it doesn't make sense to me that a player who is going to cost 80 million next summer or even less is 
uh, probably going for 150 or more this summer. It's, it's, it's kind of like the Real Madrid hazard situation where he had one year left on his contract and he still decided to go all out for him. And now the move has backfired spectacularly. What's another one year to wait? You've survived till now without him. You can just wait another year, get him for cheaper, and you have even more money to spend on other parts of, the, of your team. Because I'm guessing anything that signs Haaland this summer, that will probably be their only signing for the summer. Getting it for cheap too doesn't also uh, confirm that they have achieved their uh, club goals and getting into the competitions which they need to get into, i.e. Champions League. Because Haaland isn't going to any club that isn't in the Champions League. Granted, the clubs that are in the Champions League will come chasing after him, but then if you're looking at the other Manchester club, it'll be key. Say by the end of 2021-2022 uh, season, they would have qualified. They're on the part two, but then that that be the thing with this United team squad manager. It'll always be one step forward, then like three steps back, <laughs> like a stumble, then two steps forward again. Like Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> you can never really pinpoint. They are playing spares today. I don't. I don't want to call anything. I, mean, I feel like it will be a revenge game where not that many goals will fly. It could be a draw, and then uh, what's the name? Uh, they'll move on to Granada, end up winning that game. Then they'll go to uh, is it West? Hey, no Leeds. It'd be like Leeds with my next game after. No Burnley. Burnley then Leeds before Liverpool. So anything will happen with this team. It looks like Charlie, we should be putting these two teams away. But then Leeds two is coming off of a big win, and they'll be eyeing that match against us at their home. You know, hoping to make things right after we smart you know, we fucked them up earlier on the season. But yeah, Charlie. We, I I would say that Kane is Kane is within his right to be able to have. Uh, a gentleman's conversation with Daniel Levi and let him know that, you know, he gave all that he could. The project which the club promised him hasn't worked because I think Pochettino was a big voice when he was signing that long-term contract. Right now he's gone. Mourinho seemed to spark something, but then like with every Mourinho team, there's always uh, some negative, or a lot of negativity. We're dressing people. Yo, it's like it's like you don't know it's like you don't know Levy, eh? Hurricane won PFA player of the year. I said Hurricane. Uh, um, what's his name? Garibu won oh. uh, PFA player of the year. Was one of the best players back to back seasons and all of that. When it was still time to sell him, look at the amount he still took from um, um Madrid. United went for him, Chelsea went for him. He quoted higher than what he even took from Madrid. You understand? He's if he's willing to sell you to a rival club, the money that you have to pay, boss. And right now, Moreno too is there. If they are going to sell Hurricane, it's going to be both Levy and Moreno's decision. And that man also there <laughs> wouldn't want his player to go that cheap, and especially to a rival club. So Hurricane, you should they should have been smarter by knowing that look, nothing is permanent. Porsche wasn't going to be there for twenty years. You understand? Yes, yes, it was a nice project seeing Son and everybody coming up and all of that. But come on, they should have been smarter and left the door open for that. I mean, even even Messi, that they are shouting, even Messi has a buyout clause, even Messi. You understand? Like, come on, you should have known better. I mean, I don't see Levy is not going to budge, he's not going to be, oh, because you served us well, <laughs> you've done well, I'm going to take 15 million, or I'm going to take 17 million for you. No, no, that man is a businessman. I've never ever seen him smile before. Anytime the camera is on him, he has a straight face, you know, without bald head. <laughs> you understand? I don't just trust that mafia man. So, like, yeah, I don't know for Harry kid. All right. Let's move on to uh, Tweet of the Week, the Dumbbell Tweet of the Week, sponsored by Dumbbell Trading. Hit up the Bojona for all your car battery needs. If you date town, especially because child traffic date town fleets. Wait, if you know <laughs> y'all are happy you for these streets, the plane to cars they are back, and it happens to be a battery problem. Hit up the Bojona 
for all your car battery replacement needs you'll be there right away to sort that out now the tweet of the week comes from the espn fc handle saying uh, harry kane is one goal away from joining robbie fowler as the premier league seventh all-time top scorer with 163 goals and he's played 141 fewer games this conversation doesn't seem to be going away. And you we've we've spoken about where whether he will stay, whether he will go. That one is not it's not but I, I think like he's he's eyeing that uh, Shera record. Is he breaking it in this in this I don't say lifetime, but like whilst he's played. So he can. He can. Yes. He he's how many goals away? He's like eighty goals away from Shera's record. Just around eighty, and I, I, the way he plays too. If he stays in the league for uh, for a longer time, because he's not a player who depends on his speed. He's a, kind of a, like a Lewandowski type. So he's not somebody who's going to decline drastically if uh, the speed goes away or something. So I see him as a player who can probably go on and on at the same level for another five years, six years. Just like Lewandowski is doing. So, I honestly think the share record is within his reach. Yeah. And also, Hurricane isn't a player that only relies on only relies on strength and pace. He's very intelligent. He can drop deep, take the ball, play one-two. He's good in the air as well and all of that. So, as Smiley said about, about Lewandowski aging well and still scoring goal, I see Hurricane going through that as well. He can partner another striker play up top and still get his goals. So I think he is possible for him to break it. That's cool. We would end the roundup with the Kentucky NBA roundup. Sponsored by Kentucky Food, the man behind the mic, Jared Cracking said, hit up Kentucky GH for the best to love Friday on pop in Turkey <laughs> on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Delicious shit, delicious shit. And writers today on points. But everyone, everyone saw the motorbike motor rider that got, that tragically lost his life yeah. recently. But yeah, Kentucky riders, yeah, top, 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 top guys. Now, key results from this week. Me, the only one which I was looking out for. They're not going to stress you. At all. The key result which I saw, um, I think that was yesterday, was um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn at, at Los Angeles. Which everyone thought that Brooklyn because Lakers had a uh, highly depleted squad. But then um, you crack, I beg you talk 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 on it, talk on it. Yes. So I think it was a surprise for me as well. For Lakers beating the Nets. I, I didn't see it coming. I really didn't see it coming. And ECG took my life, so I couldn't even watch them follow the game as well. But uh, um it's surprising because when I woke up this morning at dawn, the light came back around four. And at five, I was watching the highlights and following up tweets and all. Like, I know the Lakers are capable of playing elite defense, but this time around, they followed it up by shooting well. Their shots followed, so it was really a lot for the Nets. And also, the ejection of Kyrie really worried the Nets, but they had KD there and Lakers to lost shoulder. And Lakers had a lot of players out injured LeBron James, AD, Kuzma, um. Magasol, and then they lost Schroeder too. So they were really short-handed and they still blew out the net by 25 points. So it's 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 really good for the NBA that when the stars come back, we all want them to meet in the final. We all want them to meet in the final. So we see the, the least matchup with a full, fully fit squad. So right now the season, the regular season is one win for the Nets, one win for the Lakers. Yeah, so some of the results that, I mean, Expected wins, expected wins, and all of that. Like the regular, the usual suspects, um, Philly winning, um, the uh, Utah Jazz still number one in the NBA, the Suns number two now still winning, and the Rockets blowing out the the Golden State blowing out the Rockets, which wasn't a surprise there because the Rockets are shit, and then the Trail Blazers also be uh, blowing out the Pistons. And one team that has really been on the upside that people aren't talking about enough is the Denver Nuggets. After that, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon um, trade, 
they've won seven games. They've won seven games. They are currently the hottest team and with the MVP in their squad. I believe Jokic mm. will win the MVP, even though Embiid is playing very well, but he has lost. He has he has missed a lot of games, and Jokic has been consistent. It's his triple doubles, his double doubles, and all of that. So, yeah, and that is it for today. Thank you, sir. Uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, if you haven't already, please follow and interact with our Twitter account at ATWPodcastGCR and give us feedback on our episodes by either mentioning the handle or using the hashtag ATWGCR. Also, please remember to give us a five-star rating on our Apple Podcast page to help us reach more listeners. If you also want to catch the episodes, you can go to the website listentogcr.com and look, in, uh, look out for all our other podcasts such as Cecilia Crown, The Other Room, Sex and Sanity, and many more. Guys, thank you for listening and rocking with us at the end of the episode. Gentlemen, thank you for coming through on a Sunday. Now you can go to church and go and pray for the week ahead. And thank you to our sponsors, Kentucky Food and Dampboard Trading, your most reliable supply of car batteries in Accra and beyond. Their handles are Kentucky GH and the Bojana, respectively. Boys, see you in two weeks' time. ATW dominates the conversation. Neymar, Busquets. Se va al ataque de nuevo el futuro campeón de liga. Messi dejando el balón para Neymar. Atención, ahí fuera del juego. Balón para Luis Suárez. Gol. Va a golpear Cristiano. Se espatarra el bicho. Va a golpear con la derecha. Chuta Cristiano. Gol. Costa turns out the final. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, -on -one. Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown. This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com.